You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 31 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Arkandi Bertaja. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. Last time we recorded, the Habs were, well, we were a bit disappointed in the way the Habs were playing. Since then, they won two out of three games, which is exciting. Big wins, big losses. So who knows what this season is going to be? But let me recap. So they beat the Detroit Red Wings 6-1 to at home at the Bell Center on a Saturday night. And they lost to Seattle in the first ever game against the Kraken 5-1, to which was very embarrassing. And then a 4 nothing win in San Jose for the first time since 1999. Imagine. So some uh, they broke some records. Yeah, I mean, look, it was nice to see. I'm not, again, we, we are absolutely not going to get of our, ahead of ourselves here. I mean, not at all. Right. I mean, and, and I watch these games and I think, Mark, is that I don't really go in with very many expectations, just like I don't go into the season with very many expectations. Yeah. And I just tell myself that if they look, I'm, I'm cheering for them. I want them to win, of course. But if they lose, it's just another day. It's just another day yeah. watching hockey because at, at the end of the day, I mean, losing might benefit them in the long run. But again, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. They won a couple games. It's nice to see them putting some pucks in the net, right? That's that's a change from what we saw last week and the, and the week before that. So look, there's not going to be too much to discuss today. But again, I think I think we'll focus mainly on the fact that a couple there's a couple players and a couple key names that have been contributing or not contributing at all. And we'll look at that. Yeah, I don't know how long this episode's going to be, but we'll go through all three games for as much as we can remember of those I, games. I mean, we always say it's going to be 25, 30 minutes, and then it always ends up being 45, 50. Yeah, so. because we're talking about Sammy Niku's hair, <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyways, um, we'll start uh, in Montreal when they hosted the Detroit Red Wings on a Saturday night. It was the 23rd, and they won 6-1 to one thanks to a Matthew Perot hat trick. The first Quebec-born player, may I remind you, to do that since Vincent Danfousse. <laughs> I'm pulling uh, out these facts. I don't know. Yeah. Look at me. And, you know, I, I <laughs> look. I'm not a huge Matthew Perot guy. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think I like him for what he brings to the table in terms of fourth, fourth line stability. You know, maybe a little grit. Um, a different, a different style of play as opposed to what we've seen in the past on the fourth mm-hmm. line. But I can't say I'm too much of a fan of where he's playing within the lineup and in terms of who he's playing with. I don't think that we talked about this last time and it's funny because yeah. we talked about this before he had this game and I knew the second it happened that it was going to be, Oh, here we go. I'm eating my words, but I still stand by my comments and I still stand yeah. by the fact that I don't think that Cole Caulfield should be playing next to Matthew Perot. And I think that's one player. And I see that you want to chime in. Here yeah. I, I, I think, say that Evans is hurt, right? Right. Correct. What about so th- that's true. And, but if I'm not mistaken, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but before Evans went out, was was that Evans' spot in the, within the lineup, or was it a miss? Like a no, a he mi- was the third C, and then okay. it was Perot and Pocket and right Brooks. So he's kind of it's, it's a placeholder right now, correct? Yeah, yeah. All right. So look, I, I mean, I, w- I think so at least. But now he scored a hat trick, and right, you never know. But you know, again, they retire I mean, the jersey. Right. And and the problem is, is that we say, you know, right now he might be a placeholder, but at the end of the day, he's still got power play time in a couple of the games to start the season. And yeah. I mean, it, it looks as if Ducharme wants to give him, you know, maybe um, additional minutes as a, uh, com- mm-hmm. not compared, but, um, you know, in like, as opposed to just five on five. So, yeah. so it's a little scary and I still... I still stand by my comments that I don't think that he should be playing with Caulfield and Toffoli. And I think that that might be a big reason as to why Cole Caulfield is in a little bit of a slump. And I think that, you know, you can tell me all you want that he gets all the, all the power play time, which is true. He gets a ton of it, but five on five is important too. And it's important to get your, your legs going at five on five. Mm -hmm. The other scores, I don't remember who they were. It was Uh, pocket three. Yeah. So pocket three, Ben Chirac. Ben Chirac. And uh, Mike Hoffman on the power. And play. Mike Hoffman, yes, his first as a half. What a right. shot that was! Beauty. Yeah, it was a great shot. And now, uh, to date, he's on a three-game goal streak, three three consecutive yeah. games with goals for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, exactly. And 
we were even talking about it last episode. Just give the puck to Mike. Give the puck to Mike, and look what he did. Mm-hmm. He scored. And and that seems to be now in the past couple of games kind of something that they've been trying to do a little bit more often. And I think it's and look, it's it's worked out in their favor more times than not. But I think also it's funny because we're saying get the puck to Mike, but it's also get the puck out of Jeff Petrie's hands. Get it off Jeff Petrie's stick. Yeah. And look, I'm I'm really the first guy to defend Jeff Petrie as a player and and what he brings to this team and what he has brought to this team in the past. Right now, it's just not it. It's just not it. He's he's not the same. He was at this time last year in the Norris voting. Right? Remember that? He was in Norris voting and everyone was like, wow, this extension is going to be amazing for the Montreal Canadiens. And now you're watching him play and you're like, what's going on? Because usually he's better without Weber. When Weber's out of the lineup, usually Petrie takes that huge step forward and becomes a Norris guy. Mm-hmm. And now you're watching him play and the decision-making is just so off. And he's trying to do too much with the puck, not keeping it simple. It, it's really disappointing. It is it's, disappointing. It's sad. And, and you know what? I, I don't think, again, I'm going to use this. This might be the new phrase for this for this upcoming season, getting ahead of ourselves. But, but I don't want to get ahead of myself in terms of Jeff Petrie and his play so far because I do think that he's the type of player that the puck just needs to find the back of the net and then all of a sudden you'll see him on the score sheet a few times. And, a lot and like go, Caulfield, right? Right. And, and a lot like a lot of players around the league who, who thrive on, on offensive production because mm-hmm. we're not going to tell ourselves that Cole Caulfield is you know, a two-way player. He's, he's a, he's a sniper. He's a goal scorer. And, and I'm not going to say same for Petrie, but he's more dominant offensively than defensively. So with that being said, I mean, the second that, that, that gets going, I think we'll see, I think people will start talking about it a little less and they'll, they'll play with a little less uh, weight on their shoulders. There's a lot of players that need to start like to get going on this team. And I think that's why they're so inconsistent. We'll say, right. Oh, don't bring up that word, Mark. Don't bring it up. Um, felt like ages ago, yet it felt like it was yesterday. That when we were saying all that. Anyways, um, Toffoli needs to get going. Like Toffoli just doesn't look engaged. It still it looks like the Stanley Cup Finals where he was injured. That's what it looks right. like when he's on the ice. Absolutely. He doesn't look engaged. Doesn't look there. I understand Toffoli's the type of player where. He's always in the right spot at the right time, and he just finds the back of the net. He's not the type of guy to go from the red line and just charge into the offensive zone and snipe one. Like it's very rare that he does that. He did it, but it's very rare. Um, he needs to get going. We obviously know about Caulfield. We know about Petrie. Another name who I'd like to see, you know, get on the score sheet a bit more is uh, Christian Dvorak. Absolutely. I just think if that line, because Jordan's playing well, Jordan's playing very well. Very Anderson's well. Anderson's playing like Anderson. If he's if he's a hundred percent there, he looks like the best player on the ice. And if he's not, then he just looks like a regular skater. Right. But if Devorah can start getting some some goals, some assists, some confidence with Drew and and Andy, I think they're gonna that's gonna be a very good line. They're already yeah. playing well, but I think it could improve. No, absolutely. And and look, I, I watched a little bit of Dvorak in, in Arizona and he had a, a bigger role than he does with the Montreal Canadiens because, you know, Arizona is just not as deep as Montreal is. Mm-hmm. And I think that he was dependent on a little more in terms of power play, in terms of PK, and he's still getting that role. But I think he's overshadowed by a few other names on this team that that are expected to do a little more than he is. So with that being said, um, I saw what he can do in Arizona, and I think he's a great player that has a great mind for the game and, and knows where to be at the right time. I think that's going to come with time. And I, I think that... What, what will also come with time is, you know, a little bit more defensively responsible and making the right play and the right pass out of the out of the defensive zone. But I wouldn't worry too much. Look, I think this team now to generalize it a bit. I think this team, again, we talked about direction. We have no idea where they're going, but we're None. taking it game by game and we'll see, and we'll evaluate game by game which players are playing well and not playing as well. And again, there it, it's we're the type of fans that are not going to harp on every little move a player makes, right? They're allowed to make mistakes. But but unfortunately, this this organization and this franchise doesn't allow for that too much. If you had to... I'll, I'll just throw you a question. Yeah. If you had to choose one player of the game against Detroit, that's yep. not named Matt Superho because he scored a hat-trick and it's pretty obvious, who would it be? It's a very good question. Um, 
If you can remember, because I know it was a while yeah. ago. Yeah, you know, you know, I actually have a name in mind, and it was actually his first NHL game as a Montreal Canadian, and it was oh, Sammy Nico. Yeah, there. Okay, that was my yeah, exactly. And if I had to give another one, I'd probably say Drouin, but Drouin's looked like mm-hmm. probably one of the better players on this team throughout the first seven games of the season, eight yeah. games of the season, whatever it's been. But you know what? I'm I'm going to give a lot of credit to Sammy Niku here, and I want to hear what you have to say, and I'm not going to talk about it too much. But mm-hmm. I think that Sammy Niku really brought something to, to this lineup. Look, he's not a game changer. He's definitely by no. no means is he a game changer, but he's a game changer in terms of the situation that Montreal was in before he came into the lineup, right? They hadn't won a game and they needed someone who can maybe give a change of scenery and give a change of environment and maybe try something new. And they slotted him in on the second power play. He picked up an assist, uh, two assists, sorry. And I mean, look, there I, I, there wasn't really much to say about him that was that was negative. So I was really happy to see him get a shot. He's just a, a breath of fresh air on, on defense. You know, like that puck would get dumped in and he turns around just rifles it down the ice to someone who's wide open way into the blue line like he doesn't wait he takes it and he moves the puck and he's good at it and there's even some passes where he makes it and i go like "Ooh!" but it hits the mark but it's very risky but it hits the mark mm-hmm. but there's none of those defensemen on the habs that are willing to take that puck and make that pass that risky pass or that breakout pass that becomes a two-on-one or that becomes an odd man rush you know what i mean there's not many of those players there's i think there's none if we're really looking at this roster there's none and and you know there, there's one player that usually does, but again, we talked about him playing scared, and that's Alexander Romanov, right? Yeah. And that's why last night, and I want to stay on the Niku subject for a little bit, but that's why I was so happy he scored last night, right? Because he hadn't had a point up until last night, mm. and it was nice to see him score and maybe gain a little bit of confidence because that's what it does to a player like Alexander Romanov. And maybe he'll start playing his style a little more and, and, and show hey, I, I know what I can do and you just saw it firsthand and let me show you a little bit more, right? Yeah, Niku seems more offensive. Like Romanov, the more we watch, the more we realize like he's a lot like Alexei Yemelin. You know what I mean? Right. Like he can do something offensively, but he'll just lay the ball. Like he's his timing is amazing. It's impeccable on defense. Did you see that For a young time? defenseman, yeah, he'll wait and he'll lay you out along the boards no matter who yeah. you are. Where Whereas if you look at Sammy Niku, some of his pinches... Like if I'm Jake oh, Allen, I'm yeah, I'm yelling, I'm yelling at him after I make a two-on-one save, right? But he brings that offensive side that we don't have, and that's why I think he shouldn't get taken out of the lineup, even if he makes those mistakes, because he's willing to move that puck forward and quickly, which is good to catch a team on a line change, to catch Josh Anderson flying up the ice. Because how many times do you see Anderson flying, even Drouin for that matter, and Sherrod just waits. And he waits. Well, or, Pichu, or Pichu tries to do it himself. And I think the pros for what Sammy Niku offers outweigh the cons for his little mistakes, right? Just like mm-hmm. many defensemen exactly. on this yeah. team. The the there are I, I'm I'll name a couple, but you know what what Romanov and I, I like Romanov, so that's why I always mention Yeah, yeah, name, Romanov but, is such a good kid. But I like Romanov and Sammy Niku, like I think those are two players on Montreal at least that the plays that they're able to make in terms of pros really outweighs the mistakes that mm-hmm. they make. And and look, I'll I'll go back to the first game of last season when Romanov made that stretch pass. I don't know to who it was right up the middle of the ice, uh, led to a breakaway and a goal. Um, but anyway, like again, I know he's not necessarily the most offensive guy. I know Niku is a little bit more offensive in, mm-hmm. in terms of his style of play. But that but it but I it's I'm not going to take anything away from these two guys because they can actually really put up some significant numbers if they play a little less scared and are willing to make mistakes in order to succeed. Yeah, I like I like his play a lot, Sammy. He had a good game um, also against the Sharks. We'll get to the Sharks game uh, later. Yep. We'll move on to the Seattle game because that's where, obviously, he had a bit of a rougher time. But the whole team had a tough time against the Seattle Kraken, who are a team, man, that they're all... Like, they're four-check. They're four-check scared. And a lot of people... Kind of predicted that by the way they drafted, you know, Yanni Gord, Brandon Tanev, but they they don't give anyone any room in your own end, and the Habs couldn't couldn't even get anything going. And that's a play style that I really wish that that, that was implemented into the Habs system. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm look I'm at least a line, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. And look, I'm a couch coach, like or a couch ref <laughs> or whatever you want to whatever they call it, couch GM. I'm a couch everything, but. Um, when I watch this team play Montreal now, I'm, and I want I'm gonna implement Seattle here. I think that Montreal 
plays a very lazy style of play where they dump the puck in. And I've said it countless times. They don't, they don't chase, they don't forecheck aggressively. And we saw on Tuesday night, if I'm not mistaken, Seattle really bring it on the forecheck. And mm-hmm. they retrieved a lot of pucks from that, from that technique and that style. And I think, I think some alarms should be going off in Ducharme's head and, and, and saying like, look, like this worked against us. Why don't we, you know, make the changes that are necessary it, that were used against us and, and implemented against other teams. Cause now you're playing against 82 teams. You're not playing against the same 10 teams over and over again. Yeah. So now you're going to be able to catch some teams by surprise and maybe catch them off guard by using a different style of play and using other team style of play against them. Yeah. I'd like to see them use their skill, right? Cause you have Mike Hoffman on the wing, you have Cole Caulfield on the wing. Suzuki in the middle. The only guy, obviously, Gallagher can retrieve pucks. Armia, amazing. Lekkanen, amazing. But use that, like even Armia, Lekkanen, they have speed. So use that speed across all four lines. Your wingers are fast. They're talented. Unlike past years where our wingers or the Habs wingers were not as deep as they are this year, mm-hmm. use it to your advantage. Zone entries. I'm just thinking of that Lekkanen goal against Vegas to win that series. Fly into the uh, to the offensive zone on an odd man rush three on two. You move that puck left to right. You score. Well, that's it, right? You know, and get I mean, in that zone with speed and with confidence, especially with talented guys like Drouin, Anderson flying mm-hmm. down the flank. It'll look good. I just We just don't see it. Yeah. And I mean, in the playoffs last season, the one thing that, that was the biggest difference for me was that this team was not cross the blue line and dump or cross the yeah. red line and dump. It was, it was more carry the puck in, use your skill, and create legitimate opportunities. And again, I know they won two out of the three last last games by putting up goals as well but i still see a very similar style of play so again i can't contact ducharme personally and i as much as i wish i could (laughs) but but i do think that they should start implement using like you said using their skill to their advantage because a lot of these players have a ton of skill jonathan julian is playing with a different level of confidence than we that than we've ever seen Mm -hmm. uh you mentioned anderson and his style of play you have a guy like nick suzuki who's a two-headed monster at both ends of the ice but but has a ton of skill Cole Caulfield, Mike Hoffman, like the list goes on and on on this team in terms of depth and in terms of skill set. And I mean, if you're not going to use it, it's going to go to waste. And and these games are kind of overshadowing their style of play that they've been playing. But let, let's let's see let's see a f- complete game of yeah. using what they have to their advantage. And a complete game, I think we'd like to see a good power play for once, because that game against Seattle where Mike Hoffman scored to tie it. And they got a power play right after that. You could have completely shut that crowd up and taken over that game if you put the puck in the net on the power play. If you Yet, go 2-1. Nothing happened. Right. And Nothing it, happened. It wasn't even like momentum building. It was just moving the puck around and then Drouin missed two passes to Niku, dumped it in his own zone twice, and then just the rest, they couldn't get settled. It's two minutes wasted and the other team builds momentum. Some guy flies out of the box all happy. And then they build off of that. Yeah, they bu- they built off their penalty kill, they, right? Exactly. And the Habs can't build on their power play. And even at that, they can't even build their PK like they did last year because their PK isn't that good either. Yeah. And to add to that point, right, is that when you... When you even You don't even need to be scoring a goal on the power play necessarily. It's about getting quality chances. And quality chances then lead to further goals um, m- maybe later in the period, maybe a couple minutes after the power play occurs. But with that being said, I mean, when you're getting absolutely nothing going and you're flat-footed and you're just standing there and waiting you know, for the perfect shot and passing the puck around the dots, doing absolutely nothing, I mean, there is no momentum and there are no quality chances being created. So there's absolutely nothing going. And then, then that translates to the momentum a momentum builder for Seattle in this case. What were your thoughts on Jake Jake Allen's game against Seattle? Obviously, we know what happened against San Jose, but against Seattle, he, look, uh, he didn't yeah, look like himself. That's that's what I'm going to say. He didn't look like himself. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm also going to say that I think that this team leaves him out more times than not. Oh, uh, definitely leaves, leaves him out uh, to dry more times than not. Um, so. I think it's very tough to put it on Jake Allen, not to say that he yeah. wasn't he wasn't himself, which is a very valid comment mm. in this case. But I still think that, you know, like there was no goal support. There was no defensive zone support. Like there was nothing. There was no game that the Habs were not playing hockey. That was yeah. again what we call shinny, right? That was yeah, shinny hockey. Nothing against. Look, he he had a, a regular game. He was against San Jose. He was a superstar. 
and he made the big saves because that game could have gone downwards very quickly if it wasn't for yep. Jake Allen. And those heroics weren't in Seattle, and that's what made the difference. We can't always rely on your goalie to make the heroic saves. No, not at all. And I he mean, had a regular game, and it it showed because the team played bad in front of him. So um, I'm happy he bounced back. We'll get to the San Jose game in a few minutes. I just want to talk about Seattle a bit. Um, thoughts on their jerseys? I love them. They're so nice. I love them. I think they're. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to compare them to any other jerseys in the league. But I, I really like the color scheme. It's it's great because we don't see it. That no. color scheme. It's it's like uh, what what do you call it like a turquoise blue like I don't know it's it's cool though it's really and that red that red little the red little eye in the middle yeah it's like it's really yeah. cool um there's one thing though I don't know why the S is so big it is very big yeah it's huge it is especially on the white jersey I don't know if it's bigger or it just looks bigger because it's a white jersey but it looks massive yeah you're right it does but but regard like regardless I think it's a very it's a nice stunning jersey. jersey, yeah. It and their arena is dope. Yeah, very it cool is. arena. It is, yeah. It is really cool. And I and I like the concept too, you know, the uh climate pledge arena, you know, switching it up a little. And look, uh, again, I mean, now I, we we've talked about I, I mean, not in not recently, but we've talked about the NHL and their lack of um promoting the sport. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, getting another team into the league, right? That that was that was evident and that was gonna happen, but capitalizing on the opportunity to create another fan base and i mean i know in seattle they have the seahawks and i'm blanking on the other sport. i know they have the mariners and Mm -hmm. and i know i know that those are two pretty big teams mainly the seahawks but i mean now you're kind of building a fan base in seattle for hockey and that's huge to bring the sport of hockey and the nhl to a broader segment of the population right they did a really good job um i don't understand the whole banner situation that's going on uh, the the 1917, if I'm not mistaken, or 19. Yeah, they beat the Habs. Yeah, but they in the in the cup. Yeah, final. they won the Stanley Cup technically. Yeah, well, it wasn't them. But it wasn't them. It was another Seattle team. Uh, there, how many teams were in the league? Three. I I honestly could not tell you. I mean, whatever. People Let are gonna DM us going. Well, then why do the 1918 Stanley Cup winners like the Montreal Canadiens? Why do their banners count towards your 24? Yeah. Anyways, so I won't make that argument. But again, the, they were they were tied number 32 already. So, that was interesting to me. You know, it wasn't even because of the 32nd franchise. It's because it they not? sold 32,000 um, season ticket. Something I, I forget something about their fan base buying okay. something. And it hit 32,000 on the dot. Plus the fact that the 32 or the 32nd expansion team or 32nd team, I guess it kind of made the perfect case to retire a number. I, I don't understand why you would retire a number. I guess they just wanted to yeah. add on to the show, right? They and and look, I mean, I saw I saw that also being done when, uh, what was it? It was the first game of the season, and it was like Giordano's uh, has the first shot on goal in history, and yeah. and uh, the first uh, the first faceoff win is Jared McCann at at twenty minutes left in the period. Like, okay, yeah. like no one really cares all that much. Like, I mean, Literally. I don't really care about even who did it in Montreal's history, so. Why would I care? Um, about yeah, Seattle? exactly. They were pulling <laughs> up stupid stats. They were just they were just trying to add to the whole. You're just milking it. There you go. And and it was a little too much. Um. And look, I I there's one thing that I want to talk about quickly, and I don't want to go into too much detail here. I yeah. really don't. I just think it's important to bring up because look, I mean, we have there's people that listen to this, and and I'm sure that they want to hear our take on it. Um, the whole Chicago situation. Oh, okay. We're, look, we're, we're going to that. I I. I don't want to talk about it too much again. I just think that it's important to bring up and at 100%. least, and, and at least and acknowledge it, right? Especially that we have a platform to be well, able to, to speak. On and, I, and again, what I'm trying to say is I don't want to go into the details and, and, and the legitimacy of, mm-hmm. of the situation. I really don't. I just want, because I think that we do this for a reason. We do it yeah. to talk hockey, but there's bigger problems in this league than just losing. So yeah. um, I just want to acknowledge it. And, and you know, Kyle Beach was very... Um, brave to come out and say that on tsn and uh in that in that interview in that 20 to 25 30 minute interview Mm -hmm. and i think that you know he's he's helping a lot of people and i think that it's a great job and bravery on his part so like good job you know yeah i'm I'm sure we speak on on your behalf i speak on your behalf also that we commend what he did not Mm -hmm. just um 
to talk about what happened to him, but to try and prevent what will happen to others. I think that's what the most important note is of this whole situation, that he's not doing it for himself. Oh, absolutely. That he came not, out right? to protect others and to let people know about what happened, not to get someone in trouble, not to not to get attention towards him, but to prevent anything, to get that message known. And the National Hockey League, it's not all fun and games about winning cups and playing hockey. Mm-hmm. There's deeper things and deeper things that got, or stuff that crossed the line that got thrown under the rug, which shouldn't have been accepted at all within anyone in the organization of the Chicago Blackhawks and anyone within the whole league that would have known of that incident at the time. Mm-hmm. And I find it disgusting that there's not one human being within that organization that said, guys, I don't give a, I won't say it, that we're in the cup final. Yeah, exactly. This just happened. We've got to figure this out first because it's not normal. No, it's not. It's not. And again, like you said, we're not going to go too deep into it. No, I just, I just, I, I, I apologize for throwing it on to you so no, no, it's fine. There. I just I just thought that I mean again I didn't want to go a whole episode without mm-hmm. talking about this because I think that it's it's relatively it's we very to, yeah. important or relatively it's, it's very, very important, important. So. and look uh, Jonathan Taves spoke Duncan Keith spoke and Patrick Kane Patrick spoke Kane spoke do I believe what they said no I don't I don't do they care about my opinion obviously not but it just seems too there's no there's no way you didn't know there's literally there's no way and you already see Joel Quenville now get re- he re- resigned yeah coach of the Florida Panthers Stan Bowman resigned as GM because he was the GM it was his first year as GM when that happened mm-hmm. Kevin Shoveldale is still there Kevin Shoveldale is still there and Mark Bridgerman is still there and that's another conversation that we could have if we you- could have but again we don't know yeah we have no idea but he was a director of something. I think it was a player development at the time, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. I searched it up. And again, whether it be Mark Bergevin, whether it be a Jonathan Taze, whether it be Kevin Sheveldale, who cares? Who cares who it is? Mm-hmm. It's just it, the problem to me is that I really, as much as I like some of these guys as players and, you know, as being a fan of the NHL and certain teams and certain players, it is so tough to, to accept the fact that it's it's hard for me to just tell myself, yeah, you know, they they didn't know there because how do you not? How didn't you? I mean, and, I don't believe that for a second. And Taves, his comments were, you know, I only knew the next training camp, but then he right. he followed up by saying, you know, we we're just trying to focus on hockey. But even if you did know the next training camp, you still didn't say anything. I mean, one year later is still better than than eleven. It, it right? Really, it makes no sense how. But even during that run, I don't care what what's happening, whether oh, no. you're on a four-game losing streak or you're one one away from the Stanley Cup. If you're the owner and someone told me that, how do you how do you even say, you know what, we'll, we'll take care of it in two weeks when it's done? You can't even yeah. say that. And not only was it two weeks, it was 10 years. Yeah. And the, the fact that it's 10 years because the guy came out because no one did anything about it. Yeah, it reached I, upper-level management. It reached the owners. But no one did anything about it. That's I'm just in my sure. mind. Yeah, it's I'm in pure and utter shock, and and I think again, I brought it up. I think I think we can leave it at this now. I I, I think we made our comments, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just just I don't know. Disgusting. I don't really Disgusting. have any words. Whatever. Well, and, wait before we end it. Yeah, we'll end it on a, a lighter note. And again, for for Kyle Beach. Yeah, we'll just say again, we commend him. Absolutely, we appreciate what he did to come out and be courageous like he was because not many people would have done it. And the fact that he did it in such an unselfish manner, he's a hero. Yeah. It's that and, simple. And we, we thank, we thank him like seriously, yeah. because this, this allows, you, you know, you're, 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 when you're preaching to a, a large audience like this, like he is. And when, when he's telling his story and telling what went down, you're, you're really giving people the confidence to, come mm-hmm. out and do the same for their respective situations. Yeah. So we thank you and appreciate that. On a lighter note, the Montreal Canadiens played last night in San Jose. They won for the first time at the SAP Center or whatever it was called back then. Since 1999, 
which is huge because it's very embarrassing that you haven't won since 1999 <laughs> when the team showed up in the league in 1992. <laughs> like, uh, hello. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. What? Hold on. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said that. Okay. I thought that you said that they haven't won since 1991 in that arena and they only showed up in 1992. <laughs> no, no. Okay. no, 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 99 and they showed right, up in right. 92. <laughs> they hadn't shut out the Sharks, I think, since 93 or something. Something like that. Or 92. Like right when they showed up. Anyways, it's still so embarrassing. Yeah, it is. It the really Sharks is. just looked horrible. I think it's that simple. Yeah, like I'll give credit to the Habs. They had a good hockey game, but the Sharks just looked horrible. Mm-hmm. They look they look dead in the water. No pun intended. Yeah, they did. And you know what? I think I don't think there were many expectations on the Sharks going into the season. Um, because, you know, the whole situation with Evander Kane and you know, you kind of lose Martin Jones. Not saying that's that, that's a huge loss, but I mean, it, you you st- you're still losing pieces yeah. from a run that they uh, made back in 2018. Correct me if I'm wrong, or 2017, 2018. A lot like uh, our run, right? Which was which they don't. I don't think they made the playoffs the the following year, did they? That's an, no, because they traded that Carlson pick, right? Well, they traded the pick for Carlson. That pick became Stutzla. So did it? Oh, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, so the point that I'm trying to make is that they there's not many expectations on this team, and I think that they were bound to lose at one point because they were they were playing very well. They're playing very well. Very good hockey. um, Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson looks. I'm not going to say to be his old self, but he looks better than he has in in previous years. So it's good to see. Cut his hair though. Yeah, it's weird. I like that flow. Like it suits him, right? Like I don't see him anyway. That's one player. You know, like a lot of people say, like God, Derek Rose. Yeah. What could have been? Yeah. I'm not saying Eric Carlson had a Derrick Rose type injury. Obviously, Carlson got hurt. It was still his Achilles, though, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. It just he was he was a top three player in the National Hockey League. Not he even top the, three defenseman. It was top three player. Yeah. Right? He was like, one of the best players to ever to, to play hockey. It was incredible. It was right. Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Eric Carlson. Right. Then obviously Nathan McKinnon showed up, but I'm just saying, like he was he was crazy, and now you just watch him play, and he. He has that little those little sparks of offensive talent. Even Burns, man. Yeah. But again, let's not forget, and I'm gonna fact check this before I say anything. Um sorry, but how old is Brent Burns? Like I wouldn't even be able to tell you he, he could shave his beard and look twenty eight, or he can keep the beard and right look thirty four. Oh, thirty six. Wow. So I mean look, I, I'm not saying like Brent wow, Burns was playing six. Yeah, crazy, eh? Because without a beard, he looks like he's 28. Yeah. And Eric Carlson, I feel like, is he's 31, though. Like, he's getting up there as well in terms of age for, for an NHL player in a physically demanding sport. So, look, it's just nice to see some flashes of what was. Unfortunately, we don't know what... Well, we, we do know kind of what could have been, but unfortunately, we can't say what if all the time. Um, but regardless, I mean, look, uh, to, to kind of get off the topic of, of the Sharks, like the Habs played a pretty good game. They lo- they looked better. They looked better. Um, a couple nice plays. You know what? You know, I, I want to I give a you shout out. You played a solid game. Brett? Yes. Yeah. I just, I don't know. He just, I, he doesn't really do anything wrong ever. Like, I don't know. He's funny, Brett Kulak. He doesn't, he doesn't make just turnovers. There. He doesn't make turnovers. He, you know, he puts the puck on net once in a while. He, he knows how to make a breakout pass for the most mm. part. I mean, you know, like he does his job. He just knows what's up. But, and the thing about Brett Kulak is that he plays very good hockey for a good span of time. Maybe he has a few rough spells. Then he, every time he shows up to training camp, his spot is in jeopardy, no matter how he played this previous season. So kind of commend him. him for good for him just to make that spot up. every single year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of the game, I mean. I think once again, Jonathan Drouin looked great. I mean, I, I can say that for basically every game this season, but I'm, I'm so happy to see him back because there were people were saying, look, he's going to come back better than ever. And I'm not going to say that I didn't believe them, but we said that before, right? Mm. We said that before. And I know that he has a clear mind and it's, and it's so great to see him playing hockey um, with no real, I don't think there's very many expectations. I mean, look, there's always going to be expectations for every single player, mm-hmm. but I don't think that this, th- that he has the same expectations being put on him right now. So he's just kind of doing his own thing. And it's, and it's great to see him making, he, he looks dominant with the puck, which is unbelievable. Yeah. He looks very good. I liked Hoffman's game, of course. Yep. Um, Jake Allen. 
Niku, oh, Jake Allen, what a what a game. What Two a on game. ones, breakaways, sliding everywhere, tipped puck. It was a high stick, but he still tipped and made that left pad save. Yeah. And he says Beauty. he wasn't worrying about the myth of 99 of the whole well, the myth. I mean, that's what, oh, is that what he said. Well, yeah, he I, I saw a tweet saying that he said that he tried to put it behind him, but something tells me that it kind of got to him and he was like, Let me let me yeah. let me show prove prove not only my worth, but our worth as a team. So cool. And Gallagher got his first. So yeah, just get to the go to the net. Oh, Typical God. Brendan Gallagher goal, right? If he didn't if he didn't whack that out of midair, that Josh Anderson pass slash shot, whatever you want to call it, was going around the boards and that was cleared out. So I mean it was hitting something or I no don't one. Know what. I don't know what it was gonna do. It was he yeah. just threw it on net. Yeah. And Alexander um, Romanov got his first point slash goal of the season. So Caulfield. Caulfield had some chances, but there's he hesitations. There's because he- you see he has no confidence. You could see he's, it right he's away. He's scared, right? He, he, the hesitations, the the pass that's on a stick, but he fumbles it. I don't know. He'll get there. He just needs like a an absolute muffin to go in. You know what I mean? You, you bounce off your butt, your your face. He's probably cares. thinking of like a a one timer or a night you walk in and wire it. Just honestly, a muffin between Jack Campbell's legs or something. Well, look well, at the like, way Dvorak scored against against Detroit. Like it went off his. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great cares, example, right? Yeah. Like who cares? So. That's a great example. Um, before you mentioned, we were talking about San Jose before. I was thinking about last episode. You know, we were talking about like which direction are the Habs going? Are they right. going to keep the Bergevin method? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid if they keep this method of, well, keep the old guys, keep the young guys, and see what happens, they're going to become the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I mean, look, I. I I like I I'd like to have a conversation on this because I don't know necessarily if the direction of the Sharks is terrible right now because they've cleaned basically everything. It's just it's that eleven million dollar cap hit to Eric Carlson. It's the Mark Edward Vlasic cap hit, the Brent Burns cap hit. Yeah, right. It's just it's a lot of money for no reason. Um, and you guys you have guys like Couture who's a very good hockey player, and I think you should build around them. Meyer, very good hockey player. Hurdle. Hurdle, very good hockey player. Now they drafted yeah. Eklund, very good hockey and player. They have Jonathan da- Dahlin, Dahlin. I don't know how to yeah, say Yeah, yeah. So he's... it took them a while to get those players, obviously, because they had to lose and pick those players. But there's still that. Why do you have a former Norris contender who was a contender every year in his prime just playing like a bum on your team for $11 million mm-hmm. instead of trying to ship him off? which you can't because of his cap it and just lose, 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 lose and build around Eklund. Right. Right. And Meyer. And I think honestly, th- that trade was the worst thing that could have happened, not only for San Jose, but for Eric Carlson as well. And I say that horrible for both of them for both. Right. Because he's a great player. And I think that he was flourishing, flourishing in his respective environment in Ottawa and doing his thing. And kind of, again, you know, I'm not going to say Ottawa was a great team, but they, they showed some flashes of what they can do with Mark stone. And, and I think, why am I blanking? But Matt Shane played on the sense for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He played the, yeah, that was the, um, Calteris three-way deal with Sam Gerard. Right. So, I mean, they had some good players and then you had Broussard in the mix, uh, Broussard. I don't think it was Broussard. Uh, maybe. Anyway, sorry. This yeah, is Broussard this... was there. Broussard was there. Okay, right. So, you know, they had they had this team, and I think that that was very beneficial to Eric Carlson because he was comfortable in his environment. But, I mean, then for San Jose's case, you take on such a large contract, especially after the injury. It's a risky play to make. And, I mean, at the time, I don't know what people thought of it, but I'm leaning towards people thought that it was a great move and that they acquired a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, but, unfortunately, I mean, that's the problem with injuries is that sometimes – taking those risks don't pan out. And in this case, it really hasn't. And that's why I said it was great to see him playing well. But... It hasn't panned out. Not at all. No, it hasn't. But that's why... The cup. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm what trying to find the exact be... trade. You're I don't think you see my John eyes Carl... moving around. Yeah, I'm trying to find the exact trade. Uh, for Eric Carlson. Yeah, Eric Carlson, Carlson trade, yeah. Yeah. I. Uh... Oh, there it is. There it is. So the Sharks sent Chris Tierney, Rudolph Balsers, Dylan DeMello... Josh Norris and an unprotected 2020 first round pick. So translation, it was Chris Tierney, Rudolph Balsers, Dylan DeMello, Josh Norris, and Tim Stutzla for Eric Carlson. Wow, that's nuts. Because they they didn't protect that first round pick. That's insane. Became the third overall pick. Tim Stutzla, Stutzla. Wow, that's crazy. 
I mean, look, it's easy to say now, right? It's easy to yeah. say, oh, well, this player was this was this pick, and they were and... so close to a cup, they they wanted to go all in, and they ended up having a horrible season. Yeah, That's like that bad. pick, that pick, their pick jumped higher than Ottawa's pick. Like right. Ottawa fell down to five, but San Jose jumped up to three, and Ottawa had three and five, and they took Stutzla and um, Sanderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I've made fun of Pierre Dorian many times. Many times have I made fun of him. However, he nailed the Carlson trade, and he nailed... Well, I'll say nailed the Stone trade. Not really, because Brandstrom doesn't look like we thought he would be. Mm-hmm. However, he still got a good return. But he nailed that Carlson trade. Nailed it. Yeah, he did. And I also think to date he's done a very good job with the draft picks, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it. Look, it, it's it's hard to say right now. Oh, Tim Stutzel is, you know, like what kind of player is he going to be in this league? But just from from the eye test, he he looks like an absolute stud. Bold take. I, I'm not a fan of I Tim Stutzel. Really? Yeah. I have a friend. We have a friend that's also not a fan of him. Um, but what what's the reason? Just out of curiosity. Um, he's, he's a typical, you touch him and he falls. He's always complaining. Right. You slash him and he's looking at the ref and he's complaining. He's this, he's that. He just has that face. Mm. He's like, he's a baby. And I'm right. saying this, I'm saying this on my couch, <laughs> watching this talented player play hockey. Right. There's just something about his demeanor that I don't like. Uh, that's fair. That's a fair, that's a yeah. fair comment. I don't know. I, I think from a talent aspect and from very talented. Yeah. I won't take that away from, him. I don't know. I just, I sometimes tend to overlook, you know, again, the demeanor and the, yeah. And the, um, I guess you could say, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the character as yeah. opposed to like what they're actually able to do on the ice. Cause like, he's not on my team. Like he's not on the Habs. Like there are players on the Habs that I would say, actually, I don't even know if there's many that I would say that I'm not a fan of their character. Like at least, at least on this particular team, but, I mean, I, I, maybe if he was on my team, I would say, yeah, you know, he's a great player, but mm-hmm. he has these instances where, come on, like, well, look at Ben Sherrod. Sometimes, like he, like he gets mad, he just decides to stop playing. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's actually a perfect example of character because this guy, well, not even only stop playing, but take a penalty that was, yeah, yeah, so exactly. Far-fetched. Like, why are you, why are you swinging your stick around? Oh, speaking of swinging your stick, did Bennington? Did you see that? <laughs> What was that? And he shot a puck at Darcy Kemper. It's like the second time he like he does this every year, at least once. Some uh, crazy thing. He chases so funny, someone. Though. What's wrong with him, man? <laughs> but that that's a goalie for you, right? They have uh, a mind that's of their not own. A typical goalie. <laughs> well, the guy skates I, around like it's free skate, and he just <laughs> throws pucks at people and launches his stick. He like swung it at Kadri, and then everyone was freaking out. And then I, I, I'm not even joking. I don't. If the ref wasn't there, I think they're dropping the gloves. <laughs> I really do. They, he just talks constant trash. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No matter what's happening, he can get lit up eight goals and he'll start talking oh, yeah. trash to someone. And you know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's a very, very good goalie. But you have to be careful overrated. sometimes. You do? He had one I think good he might be I think he might be a little bit underrated, honestly. I think he had one good season to the point where everyone was saying Well, he had one good cup run, in my opinion. Not even a good season. He had one cup run. Right, but it's also easy to it's also easy to flip like look at the flip the script and say some people might say yeah he only had one good cup run but is that enough like i don't know is that I, worth a six-year extension it's like ducharme well that that i can agree that i think we can agree is was a little bit premature yeah. in terms of decision making but and they've I never had a like good goalie so right it's like if Tokarski saved us imagine if he would have saved us and played like lights out yeah all hail Tokarski. Well, that's it, right? And then who knows what what contract he would have gone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> would have been an elite backup goalie. It's too funny. Um, we'll go to our question of the question of the day. I don't know if you have one. You got something? I don't. <laughs> hmm. Okay, I have a decent one. Okay. What, what day are we today? We're October 29th, correct? I think. Yeah. So, I think the question could be: in the first month of hockey. Right, I, I guess we can both agree that it's been about a month of hockey. Oh no, not even, not, not even. even. It started the thirteenth, right? Yeah, twelfth or thirteenth. So I guess you could say it's been, um, a little over two weeks then, mm-hmm. or about two weeks. So in the first two weeks of play, our Montreal Canadiens or your Montreal Canadiens are two six and zero. Beautiful, sitting with four points. Wow, in Atlantic Division, ten points back of Florida in first place. 
My question to you guys is which player to date has been the most impressive? Um, wow. Why or why not? And, and, and look, I mean, if I were to answer my own question here, or actually, you know what? I'll, I'll ask you first because, mm-hmm. because I, I, I think it's important to give our, our takes. Yeah. And I'm the reason I'm asking you first, because it might force me to pick someone else, but I want, I want to see, I want to see where we're at for the Habs. Yes. There's only one player who's been consistent. And we already spoke about him. Joe. Yeah. Right. Again, right. I'm not saying imp- I'm not impressed by him because I know he can do it. He's so talented. Right, like we know he could do that, that he can stick handle like that, and he can move the puck like that. Mm-hmm. I just can't think of anyone else who I've been so impressed that, by. That's the problem is that I now that I asked the question, I can't really go back. And now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, yeah, there's not really that many there's guys. Not that really I'm that many guys. That, yeah. Um, still a good question because someone might say uh, Mike Hoffman. Well, we could switch it up. We could switch it up. You know what? I I might have a better one here. Okay. Sorry to Let's sorry to switch this it up on you guys. Then we'll Let's choose. See. Let's see what media. we think. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Montreal again sits at. Two six and zero oh in in the uh, in in the Atlantic Division with four points 10, 10 points back to Florida in first place. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is is that in a month from now, so you know in November end of November, where yeah. does Montreal sit in the Atlantic? Like where do you think they sit? Like are they going to be at the bottom, very bottom? Are they going to be you know mid tier? Are they going to be in the wild card? Are they going to be at the top of the division? Look, I'm I'm throwing out options here, but I'm curious because I think some people might have different takes than others. Assuming that maybe they get on a run yeah. or maybe they continue to be bad, who knows? So mid November, uh, end of November. So a month from today, basically. Oh, like end of November. Yeah. Um, I say they're like three, four points behind the wild card spot. See, that's bold. That's that's absolutely think, yeah. Because behind a wild, okay, th- that would mean that the first. Oh my god. Looking at the Atlantic Division, you have Florida, then Buffalo, then Detroit. Where did this come from? Like, how many points are they behind the a wild card spot at the moment? They are behind. Oh, the wild card. I'm gonna go check that out because we know it was ten behind first place, but I'm not really aiming for first place here. I don't think they're aiming for first place either, unfortunately. <laughs> um, let's see. Behind the wild card, so so Detroit actually has the. Th- oh no, sorry. How many teams that uh, come out of the wild card? Two. Yeah, but of the Eastern Conference, right? So you have to check right. the whole Eastern. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. So right now, the Rangers have the first wild card spot. Tampa has the second wild card spot with nine points. So Montreal has four. So technically, five points out of the wild card. So yeah, you're I, saying? I say three, oh, four. See, I don't know behind. why I thought that was bold. I thought maybe the guy in the wild card might be have maybe you know twelve or something like a crazy amount in. in, in I don't know. We'll see. But I, I think mean, the Habs are going to stay around the way they're playing, around right. 500, and and they're just going to stay at that spot and they're not going to move. Right. Okay. That's fair. You can go look, on a, I mean, a four game win streak and then a four game losing streak. And just, you know what I mean? I mean, look, I'm, I'm basically in the same boat as you. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I could see them, you know, picking up a few wins and then ending up maybe maybe one or two points out of the wild card, like if they're yeah. lucky. But Again, I don't think, and I'm speaking for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think we have too many aspirations for this team this year. Um, I'm but cap at celebrating a second place. Imagine, <laughs> imagine how sad that is. I walk around. Yes, we got second place. Final. <laughs> final. Stanley Cup final. Look at oh, us. My we, God. we 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 had the opportunity to play uh, seven games in a Stanley Cup final, but we didn't even make it to five or six. It's too funny. What but a run! What do you think about that question? Like, it's it's all right. It's a good question. I mean, I mean, it's again. I think I think it definitely gets the uh, the brain the brain going there because you you never know. So I, I I could I could see someone coming out and saying, you know, second second wild card spot. Like I could see someone saying they get relocated. <laughs> you know, there's there's a uh, variety of outcomes. Uh, so who knows the some of the answers we got on Instagram? We don't read them for a reason. Yeah, some of them are very bold. <laughs> yeah, very. we don't we don't say them out loud because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we should do that one time though. Like we should we should do like your boldest takes for your funniest this... boldest take for the season. Like yeah, like we can maybe do that for next week and see yeah what people say. Yeah, we can do that. Oh, but do do but don't forget we have to do our bold predictions for our for the next game. Oh, when's the next game's tomorrow at four? Right against the it Los is. Angeles Kings. It is four o'clock. Look at us. 
and get that prime time. Game. Look at that prime time in Los Angeles in against Philip Deneau, <laughs> who had a kid. Yeah, <laughs> we, we won't say that. Kid. Yeah, we <laughs> you saw that tweet, huh? I did see that okay, tweet. Yeah, we won't. We won't say it. <laughs> Just, um, yeah, threw off guard there, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Anyways, yeah, whatever. You guys could go check it out for yourself. Yeah, yeah, you'll find I'm pretty it. Pretty sure Arpon Basu tweeted it. So yeah. Um, should I continue with my trend of Quebecers and former Habs players laying up the Habs? You can. What did we say it? last time? Because I think I said a Brett Kulak goal, which you know came pretty close, but didn't hit. And I think I said on the other side, I think I said something about Lucas Raymond, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't said think it's a Dina goal. Right. And I said a. I said that Jeff Blaschel had a higher chance of scoring than the Habs score on the power play. It's funny because it happened to be that Matthew Perot was the guy, the go-to guy in that game. He was. So let's see what your guess is for the next game against the Los Angeles Kings. I have mine, by the way. Okay. I, I, you, you can go ahead. I, I think I have mine, but I want to make sure. I'm, I'm going to have um, two goals from Tyler Toffoli. His return okay. back to Los Angeles, his first time back in LA. Oh yeah, well, wow. because oh, because of COVID, right? So straight to Vancouver, play. then COVID, the bubble, and then Montreal right. on offseason Canadian Absolutely. division. Absolutely, I, I like that. That's a good. That's a good take. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a point or sorry, yes, a point. From every player on the Anderson Dvorak. Drew line. Oh, okay. So like goal assist, whatever. Like, I mean, I yeah. guess you can technically get, you know what? Um, it's a bold take for a reason. I'll say two points from everyone on that line. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. I think, I mean, I don't know how bold that is, but that, that would require them to, you know, put some, put some goals in the back of the net and let's see yeah. if Andy can get going. Devorah can get going and, and Drew has been going, but let's see if they can all get going. All right. That sounds good. We'll check it out. We'll see what happens, see if it hits, and we'll ask for your guys' predictions. And we'll also ask which one is more likely to to happen. Oh, yeah. We could do that also. We've done I, I, lo- I love seeing that. Yeah. You know, in our first ever episode, I remember, I don't, I can't remember exactly what you predicted, but I know this just because it actually almost happened. I mm-hmm. predicted a carry price 30 save shutout or something. Okay. And I don't know if it was 30 saves. Like, don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah. But, but he, I think they ended up not, I don't know if it was winning by a goal or, or they scored one goal. The other team scored one goal in the third period, but I was like so excited. Cause I was like my first bold take, like, <laughs> but it, it was pretty funny. But anyway, yeah. good times, good times, great times. These are good times also. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're living the dream out living here. Living the dream. Just talking about the Habs. No pressure. Hockey. Almost no won a Stanley cup. Look at us. Almost final. Fun fact. You know what? We'll say it. Fun fact. We were going to call the, the podcast, the driver 25 podcast. And then they were going to the Stanley Cup final. And I was like, oh, God, we would have had to change our name if they would have won. Yeah. <laughs> would have lost all our followers. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And then we would have had a cha- to change it. And everyone would have like, woken up in What the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Anyways, we'll end it on that note. We thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll catch you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one.